Welcome to Social Work Matters with Dr. Sylvia Smith, where we explore the realities and celebrate the successes of social work practice, management, and education. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Social Worker Matters. I think I need to get this right, actually. It's actually Social Workers Matter. And um, for the longest while, I've been carrying a bit of an error on my podcast page. But no matter, I'm sure you can cope with that little error. So my name is Sylvia Smith, Dr. Sylvia Smith, social work educator and independent consultant. And I come here regularly just to speak on issues that concern me in social work, education, management, and practice. This episode is another solo episode, and um, hope and hopefully in the not too distant future, I will resume having guests chatting with us about their various expertise, etc. But as you can imagine, during this particular time, it is a little bit of a challenge uh, to get some more folk. I have a couple of people lined up. I won't tell you about them now, but I'm really looking forward to chatting with them. So how have you been? How have you been? I have been busying myself with with work. Like most of you, I have my ups and downs, days when I'm struggling to focus, days when I probably eat a little too much. But generally, just trying to stay calm, trying to stay in touch with what's important. So coming up in today's episode, today we'll be talking about students and their challenges. As you will have heard, I'm a stu- uh, an educator, social work educator, and I've been in discussions um, with students about how they're coping, how they're getting work done. This is a very um, interesting time of year in terms of the academic calendar. This is the time of year when social work students have assignments to submit our particular program, they actually have their dissertations to submit uh, uh, alongside some of their sort of final assignments. And it's really been a struggle. This is the second years. And the first years who are about to embark on some of their first assignments are also um, struggling in one way or another. So I want to chat about that a bit. I also want to talk about... um, an outfit called Research in Practice. And one of my colleagues very generously let me know about some work that they've been doing around um, sort of social work organisations and their resilience. Um, So I did a little bit of uh, reading around some of the material they're producing. Very, very interesting. So want to chat about that too. But before we go on to those two subjects. I thought we would, as suggested in the last episode, uh, answer a question. Since we last spoke, I had a question from a colleague who is not a social worker, not a psychologist, but was a little confused about the types of psychology that exists. Another colleague who is an actual therapist offered a response and shared with us that there are nine types, nine main types of psychology. You can actually find out more about this on the um, World Wide Web, the internet, of course. Um, But I just thought I would just identify those nine types because 
I think there are types of psychology which are pretty out there. They get a lot of their time and are um, quite dominant in terms of the therapeutic field. Um, but interestingly, there are nine types. So I'm just going to run through them. I would advise if you do want to know more about all of them or any of the types in particular, uh, do check it out. I will leave a link in the show notes. So um, never fear. So number one, we've got uh, faculty psychology. Next, we have structural psychology. The third one is existential psychology. The fourth is functional psychology. The fifth is behaviorism. The sixth is gestalt. The seventh is hormic or purposive psychology. The eighth is psychoanalysis. And the ninth is parapsychology. The next issue I wanted to spend a little time talking about are, um, is social work students, social work education. And um, for many of us as educators, it has been a particularly challenging time because we've had to, we've had to really make some big changes in how we deliver um, our lessons, sessions, and, and so on. Um, and many of us have had to uh, move to remote learning um, or online learning as a way of communicating with our students. Um, and it has all kinds of challenges. <clears throat> Least of all, you don't have that actual physical contact with students um, on a sort of a, a realistic basis. And um, as, a, as an educator, uh, a seminar leader, you know, you have to pick up all kinds of other group dynamics via a screen, which is really, really interesting. Um, groups of colleagues are really interested in, in what all this means and what it means in terms of education and what it means in terms of pedagogy um, and, and really whether it is as effective. So look forward to see that. Look, looking forward to seeing that, uh, that work. The other thing, of course, which is impacting on our students is that they are having to study and be productive in really, really challenging circumstances. Many students would, would have been using the library. And for some of them, that's really a great place for them to work because there are potentially lots of distractions at home. Many of our students are adult learners. They have families. They have partners. Um, many of them have homes where, you know, they wouldn't necessarily have a study, uh, where they could close themselves off, etc. So, um, they some of them are really struggling with this transition, notwithstanding the fact that it's also really difficult to focus. And I can totally, totally identify with, with that state. Um, you know, you've got the worry and the anxiety and the concerns around what's going on with COVID-19. And then you've got, the real kind of challenge of trying to produce um, assignments and pieces of work which are good enough to um, pass uh, and achieve a qualification at the end of it. So, you know, I just want to spare a thought for those students who are struggling in that way. One of the things we were doing last week in, in, in our conversations was trying to think of 
strategies for how um, they might sort of get to the end of, of the, the task they have to do. And um, some some of the students came up with pretty pretty cool um, suggestions. Um, not rocket science because you know it's it's about getting tasks done, and I I know I take on board what they've said for myself to be honest. Um, so we had doing a little often. So if you have an assignment to produce, um, perhaps timing yourself for an hour and having achieved what you wanted to achieve in that hour, rewarding yourself. Um, so that was that was a good one. Another strategy was rather than sitting at the table to undertake work, why not consider putting a, a mind map together just to get all the ideas out of your head in a sort of um, a brainstorm fashion? That might be a good first step. And at a second sitting, see if you can try and sort out the ideas to see where, what would go where. So you have some kind of structure. Um, and then at a third sitting, begin to write a section at a time. Um, that might also be really useful. Some of the students were a little concerned about the fact that they didn't have access to books. And, you know, again, we had to remind them that you do have um, online resources and you can actually speak directly to the librarian who are so helpful in terms of um, giving you some help and direction and putting you in touch with some of the online resources that are available uh, for use while you're at home. So those are the kinds of discussions we were having and I th thought those ideas were really, really helpful. Um, and you know, every student is is an individual. They have they'll have different um, strategies for how they get things done. But hopefully, within all of that, you can find your way. So, I thought that was really helpful. Okay, and in my last segment, um, I just want to bring your attention to a resource. Uh, called Research in Practice. And uh, they're really, really, really excellent resource uh, for practitioners, for educators. Um, they are undertaking great bits of research all the time. And of course, with this COVID situation, um, they have also done some thinking, uh, which I found really helpful. Um, what part of my role as an independent uh, consultant is that I do uh, along with, with another colleague, we help organizations and teams um, via reflective practice. Um, and we sort of run these reflective practice groups for organizations who are concerned about staff well-being. So this particular um, piece of research that um, Research and Practice on their website was really, really, really helpful. And they've come up with an instrument called a Social Work Organization Resilience Diagnostic, also known as SWORD. And it's uh, a two-part diagnostic survey which assesses organizational health and highlights priority areas for improvement. So organizations who have um, concerns about their their staff well-being, morale and so on, um, 
might want to look at this uh, this survey in, in a lot more depth, uh, because particularly at, at this time now, um, there's also an associated workbook that provides tasks and strategies to support organisations in making improvements in the priority areas. So they've identified five priority areas that um, organisations can measure themselves against. Um, the first one is a secure base. You know, workers, uh, staff need to feel that the organisation they're working for um, does have their interests at heart and it is a secure base. I mean, we talk about secure base in um, in fostering and adoption. Um, and I, I recall one of the last organisations I worked for were really keen on trying to to encourage that whole way of thinking in terms of providing a secure base for children and young people. Well, the same, it's the same thing here where we're, we're really seeing our organization, our organizations as, as, as a place where it needs to be secure. Workers need to feel um, secure. Um, they need to feel that, you know, their interests are, are definitely being taken on board. The second, um, the second, criteria is a sense of appreciation and that probably needs no further explanation um, and I think uh, there have been times when I know certainly for me personally I've not felt appreciated by the organization I work for and I'm sure that there are lots of us who feel that way. Thirdly learning organization the organization needs to be one that encourages learning for itself as well as all who work for it so that, again, is something that is looked at to see how much um, of that is happening. Mission and vision um, is the next one. And that essentially is about everyone being fairly clear about what the mission and the vision of the organization is. Um, so that's something that needs to be communicated really well by senior management to the workforce so that everyone is singing from the same hymn sheet and that helps people feel a sense of, um, we're, you know, we're moving in the same direction uh, from the top right down to um, the front line. And then finally, well-being. Um, it, is, it is common knowledge that um, lots of social workers will move around uh, organisations from one organization to another if they feel that um if they, well if they're not feeling well and not feeling adequately supported so if health and well-being are not part of the equation within organizations the resilience factor is going to really be impaired so i thought that was a really good tool i will put the link in the show notes you can go and check out um, a bit more about what research and practice do, are doing. They publish some fantastic material, uh, and I've used some of their material um, with regards to uh, supervision and practice and, and those kind of areas. So check that out. They're really, really uh, a fantastic uh, resource. If you have any resources that you think I should know about or any good links you think I should know about, do drop me a line. Um, drop me a line at adoslylv at gmail.com. Well, this brings me to the end of another episode of Social Workers Matter. 
take good care and please, please, please do leave a review, uh, subscribe. Uh, I just want to be consistent and communicate with you on a regular basis. Um, I do have a couple of interviews lined up in the future. So, you know, make sure you are subscribed so that you get to hear about that. Um, and do share. And don't forget to check the, the show notes where I will leave um, some references to the items I've chatted about today. Okay, take good care, stay safe. And as I always say, peace. You've been listening to Social Work Matters with Dr. Sylvia Smith. With music by Daniel Penny Music.